I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. On today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts, Jim Benning speaks. We had another Jim Benning interview today on the Donnie and Dolly show with Don Taylor and Rick Dollywall. We'll quickly go over that. Why maybe it's for the best to actually try and make the playoffs next year. Future consequences be damned. And of course, we'll end the show with my thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. Should be a good one. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. He's not a person at all. He's a towel. You're a towel. But in Vancouver, mainly it's all about towel power. Are you ready? All right, welcome to another episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. As usual, please rate and review the network if you enjoy the podcast. Helps us out a lot with the rankings. But we had another big Jim Benning interview today. We had another big Jim Benning interview today on the Donnie and Dolly show with Rick Dollywall and Don Taylor. Let's just quickly go over what... Jim Benning said in this press conference, they're trying to get a deal done with Ian Clark. Jim Benning seemed confident that something is going to be worked out. And it sounds like Jim Benning and management have the authority to sign these guys again. And it looks like, you know, the taps are turned back on at Rogers Arena, which is good to hear. The team is talking to the Sedins, Daniel Henrik, and they want to learn the business. Jim Benning's quote is, once they made the decision they wanted to get involved, they're going to be doing the work and helping us out and all the facets of our organization get better. They don't want to be guys who just have desk jobs. They want to put their boots on the ground and do the work. So that sounds like scouting trips, pro scouting trips, making trips out to Abbotsford, all that good stuff. And I think that's for the best. For Henrik and Daniel Sedin, you got to, if these guys are serious about it and it sounds, you know, they were very good hockey players. They sound like upstanding citizens. They don't want to be gifted anything. They want to put in the work, and that's good to hear. No update on Jake for Tannen, obviously. Uh, it sounds <laughs> Jim Benning saying Nate Schmidt doesn't want out of Vancouver. He's not sure where those rumors started. It's one of those situations where, of course, Jim Benning is going to say, "Oh, I don't. It's not true. It's not true. Maybe it is still true. I don't know." But at the same time, it sounds like Nate Schmidt will be back next season with the Vancouver Canucks. 
They expect, you know, Jim Benning is expecting fans in the building, the organization expecting fans in the building and a normal game schedule, a full 82 game season, playing all the teams home and away. He thinks Olya Levy made some good stride this year. He was one of the guys who allegedly was hit very hard with COVID, according to Jim Benning. You know my thoughts, folks, on Olya Levy. I don't think you can count him being an NHL regular at this point. I think for, for Olya Levy, Maybe you can maybe he becomes a bottom pairing defensive or a seventh guy you can slot in at a pinch, but anything more than that, I'm uh, I'm pretty pessimistic. But it sounds like he's going to get yet another chance to prove himself next year. Jim Benning also saying they're talking to Edler Hamnick Sutter in exit meetings. I don't see how you improve the blue line. Sorry, if you bring back guys like Edler Hamnick Sutter in these exit meetings in these, when they become UFAs, if that's the promise at some point, you got to move on from a guy like Alex Edler, even a guy like Travis Hammond. If you can find an upgrade in, in free agency for that same kind of deal, you got to go for it. Sounds like that silly pod Colson is coming back. Sounds like he's coming back. Well, not coming back. He is going to get signed announced after the world championships. He's, I think you, we have to, or the, the organization has to, try and figure out what his best role is coming in. I think he's best fit on the third line, but I, I see the appeal. I really do see the appeal. I'm trying to put him on that line with Bo Horvat and Niels Hoaglander. But after the Pearson extension, I don't know if there's an appetite to do that. His message to fans was, didn't have a good year this year, but have a lot of good young core pieces in place and will hit the ground running next year to be a playoff team. Take the next step. Keep moving forward, and the goal is to obviously win the cup. You you know Jim Benning and management were told by ownership, you got to say goal is to win the cup after that last press conference. He was asked about Goldobin and Taramkin. Well, uh, those guys weren't, I'm not big fans of them either, so I understand like why he has to answer the question, but still doesn't make any sense. He, he, he reiterated, and this is the point, the plan is to make the playoffs next year. He wants to be a playoff team next year. There could be some still some changes in the coaching staff. He mentioned buyouts. He mentioned buyouts specifically once again, which tells me you know a couple of these guys may get bought out. And again, the taps are back on at Rogers Arena, sounds like. But the plan is to make the playoffs next year. The plan is to make the playoffs next year. And I know some people out there want a long-term plan. They want to take their time. But we saw what Bo Horvat said in his exit interview. We saw what guys like JT Miller said in his exit interview. They don't want to wait around. They want to start competing. They got want to start winning. And I know you have to finally balance the two of competing and holding out for long-term interests. But if, say you take a conscious step to not make the playoffs next year to reset. And after that season, before it says, I want out, I need to start winning. I haven't really had that much playoff success. I need to start competing in the playoffs. Does that change your perspective? If I'm up and I'll post this, I will post this on our Twitter page after I'm done here. But Let's say you don't make would you be okay with not making the playoffs next season if that means 
one of Bo Horvat and JT Miller ask for a trade and is gone? Would you be willing to sacrifice one of Bo Horvat and JT Miller for the long-term outlook of the organization? Because I can very well see a situation where if the Canucks do not make the playoffs next year, if there's a conscious effort to not make the playoffs, one of those two guys, or maybe both, say, we want out. We don't want to be part of this organization anymore. And that's, and that's I don't envy Jim Bending's position because obviously he has to make the playoffs to pretty much save his job. I think we know that at this point. Travis Green, same thing. And I understand, and I, I, I mostly agree with, you have to balance, you have to find the right balance and try and build a, a stable, long-term contender. That's the goal for this friend. That should be the goal. But if you don't make a conscious effort to make the playoffs next year, you may lose one of those two guys. Maybe even a guy like Adney Schmidt on top of there too. We, we, I know Benning says he wants to stay. He doesn't want to leave. Doesn't know where those rumors came about. He, Nate Schmidt came from a winning organization in Las Vegas, right? He came from that kind of winning culture. He knows what it takes. And if he doesn't see it here, he may want out. I have to, before we end on my thoughts on the playoffs so far, I have to, <laughs> Jeff Benning was asked on the fire betting banner and rally. <laughs> he pretty much said he understands the fans frustration. It's harder on his family. And, and like the banner was, I, I find the banner was pretty funny. It was very tame. I'm a soccer fan. It was very tame. All things considered with what else is out there. If you go look at what some of these, supporter groups in Europe do. But there there comes a point where it crosses the line. I don't know when that line is. I haven't seen it yet. Banners are fine. Rallies are fine. But I worry at some point it crosses the line. And I don't know when that is. I haven't seen it yet. But that's what I worry about with this fire bending stuff. It's at some point it's going to cross the line. And again, I want to make it clear. It has not crossed the line yet. Hasn't crossed the line yet. Banners are fine. Rallies are fine. But at some point it will cross the line. That's just my opinion. We we see there seems to be a general trend in sports. You go look at what fans are doing in the NBA. We got to relearn how to be in sports crowds. We haven't been in a giant crowd for 15, 16 months now. We as a society, as people, have to relearn how to be in crowds and have that adrenaline going through you at a sporting event. So I I worry at some point if it's going to cross the line. Again, I want to emphasize it hasn't yet. The banners are fine. The rallies are fine. Chanting fire bending during a game when you've paid good money to go see it. That's fine too. But I worry at some point when fans are slowly allowed back that it's going to it's going to cross a line. Anyways, take a quick commercial break and then we end when we come back. We're going to talk about just my thoughts on the NHL playoffs so far. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Okay, we are back. And I just want to quickly say one thing before we get to our playoff thoughts. This is going to be the last Friday episode of Power of the Towel. We'll be going back to just one episode a week for the off season. And we'll be, we will add bonus episodes if any breaking news happens. But for the most part, we're going to go back to one episode a week for the rest of the off season. So just wanted to say that quickly. Okay. Thoughts on the playoffs so far. Since we last recorded the New York Islanders defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins in six games. This series just came down to goaltending. Pittsburgh didn't get the starts or the stops from their starter. Uh, Tristan Jari, man, that guy stinks. I don't know how, if you're Pittsburgh, you bring him back. And Pittsburgh deserved to win that series. They just got outplayed in goal by Sorokin. And sometimes in a, in a playoff series, that's what decides it. Um, I wouldn't bet against the New York Islanders. Do not bet against the New York Islanders in the playoffs. They play a style where everyone knows their role and they can grind out results. And that can work in the playoffs. They're going up against the Boston Bruins in the second round in the East final. I wouldn't bet against them. I would not bet against them because, again, do not... How many times have we seen this from Islanders, the Barry Trotz Islanders? They can grind out these playoff wins, these playoff series, made it to Eastern Conference Finals last year when many people didn't really give them a chance. They did decently in 2019 as well. And they're going to have a shot against the Boston Bruins. Bruins have been very good since the trade deadline. I've liked them a lot. But I wouldn't bet against the New York Islanders. I think it's going to be a very tight series. I think this thing's going six or seven either way. It's uh, it's tough to call. Nashville losing to Carolina in six games. The the Preds were kept in this series by UC Saros. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. They they did well to win their two games at home in uh, in double OT. And again, Saros kept them in that series. That's why it's that's why for the Canucks. I think it's a it's a good you know feather in the cap that you have a legit starting goalie for when this team finally at some point finally gets competitive. They have Demko locked up for the next five years. It's going to be hard in most series if the Canucks ever make the playoffs to say the other team has a distinct advantage in goaltending and and that's sometimes kind of sometimes can be the difference in these series. In other series. Um, Montreal, Toronto. It's going to six games. I think, you know, I said it before game five. If Montreal wins this game, they're going back home. They're going to have a crowd. I think the series is going seven. I don't think Toronto closes it out on the road in Montreal. I think Montreal gets it done for at least the force of game seven. After that, I don't really know. Of course, we have to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. They got swept officially since the last time we recorded 4 nothing down to the Winnipeg Jets. And look, for the Edmonton Oilers, this is why they will never really do anything in the playoffs when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are specifically playing on the same line. Depth matters in the National Hockey League. This is not the NBA. Depth matters a lot. You cannot have two superstars on one line, fill the rest out with marginal pieces and expect to compete in the playoffs you need depth that matters a lot Winnipeg had it plus they had the advantage and goal 
Edmonton did not, despite not having, despite having, you know, two of the best players in the league playing big minutes, couldn't get done, got swept. Again, depth matters in the National Hockey League. This is not basketball. Minnesota and Vegas going seven, game seven tonight. I don't know when you're listening to this, but I'm, I'm going with the wild. There's just something about Vegas that they, they struggle to close out series. I think Vegas, I think Vegas chokes in this game seven. I, I really do. I've been a fan of Minnesota all season. Good underlying numbers. And they this Minnesota team does not have the, the statistic to back it up, but this Minnesota team feels different, right? They got some decent depth in guys like Joel Erickson Eck. They got a decent coach, I think, in Dean Everson. Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot is uh playing out of his mind. And Kirill Kaprizov. He's like Kirill Kaprizov might be the most dynamic forward the Minnesota Wild have had since Marion Gabrick. Like they've not, the Minnesota Wild franchise history is not one filled with superstar forwards, but they have one in Kirill Kaprizov. And that gives them a chance in a one-game winner-takes-all game. I, I think most people are hoping for a Colorado-Vegas series in, in round two. I don't think they're going to get this year. I think Minnesota takes game seven. That's my pre- official prediction. Anyways, that is today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of podcasts. Again, please subscribe to the network wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever. For the last time, maybe, on a Friday, for a hot minute. My name is Nick Bondi. Thank you for listening.